Blog Talk Radio. If it's smooth jazz, then the Jazz Queen and Mike Reynolds are talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. The smoothest show on internet radio. Your host, the Jazz Queen and Mike Reynolds. Mike, you there? Hey, Jerry, what's going on? Hey, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing okay today. All right, good, good. Well, I want to welcome everyone to the show. My name is Terry, a.k.a. the Jazz Queen. Welcome. It is Saturday. Uh, What is today's date? Saturday, March 19th, and it's a beautiful day here in Las Vegas. Gorgeous day. Um, Chris, is that you? That is me. How are you? I'm very good. How are you, Terry? Doing well, doing well. You remember Mike? I do indeed. How are you, Mike? Chris, how are you doing? Okay. Good, good, good. All right. If you would like to join us in the chat room, please go to TalkingSmoothJazz.com. Click on Interviews and then Chris Stanring's brand new release, 10. That will bring you into the show page. Below that is the chat room. The phone number is 646-716-5485, 646-716-5485. Today, Mike and I are interviewing guitarist Chris Stanring. He has a brand-new release out called 10, and I think you're going to enjoy this one. So welcome back to the show, Chris. Good to have you here. Well, it's good to be here, Terry. Now, before we get started, Chris, I have a phone call for you. This young lady called in a few minutes early, and um, so I'm going to let her speak. I'll call her. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hi, Chris. This is Patrice. Hello, Patrice. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm very good. Well, nice I've to hear your voice. You. Oh, it's good to hear you, too. I've already told you how much I enjoy the new CD, and I just wanted to call in very briefly and say I love it. I love that you're playing so much more on this CD. Um, We get to really hear you play. My two favorites so far are Snake Oil and Bossa Go-Go, but I like the whole thing. Yeah. That's great. That's great. I I just wanted to, you know, call in, say hello, keep up the good work. Um, You know, and I I tell you via Facebook how much I love your stuff. So. um, No, you're very sweet. I'm doing a I'm doing a big uh, big push to try to get you to come up to Chicago. I'm in Tulsa right now, but I go back and forth, and right. I'm trying to get you to come to Chicago and and play there. So um, you'll see some stuff back and forth on Facebook on that one. So anyway, well, be just wanted to say because it's been quite a while since I've been to Chicago. I know, and we need to see you up there. So That's all right. my friends, yes. I've turned. I've turned all my friends up in Chicago onto your music for the last several years. I give them for Christmas gifts and uh, the people down in Tulsa too. I don't think you've ever been to Tulsa, Oklahoma, but it's certainly a place you should come. But uh, anyway, don't want to take up a lot of your time. Just wanted to say hello. Keep up the good work. Love the new CD. Very cool. Thanks, Patrice. Stay in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Thank you, Patrice. You're welcome. Great. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, that was sweet of her. She called in 10 yeah. minutes early and, and held on um, until you came uh-huh, on. That's right. <laughs> so that was really nice of her. Well, So it's good to have you back, Chris. How have you been? Well, I've been horribly busy, but uh, the fruition of my intensity is now coming about. So, you know, I spent a year in the trenches making a new, new record, um, not knowing how what it's going to turn out like, if anybody's going to like it all that insecurity, but then when it does come out and I have this wonderful reaction as I have, it's all mm-hmm. worth it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think you. I think when we talked to you about your last release, um, you said the same thing. When we talked to you about Don't Talk Dance, you were kind of concerned about whether or not people were going to like that one. Yeah, on well, that's, yeah, that's, the, that's the torture that all artists go through, and it's not just me. It'll be everybody you ever talk to. Yeah, yeah. Well, you seem to have done very well with this. Um, got, I've read some n- nice reviews um, from people about this release, so I think it, you know you're doing pretty good there. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm very happy with it. I must say. All right. So tell us about ten. 
Well, one thing I I like to do, as you know, on every record out is is take a, a slightly different direction because the idea mm-hmm. of repeating myself doesn't doesn't really interest me, and I always think it doesn't really interest interest anybody else. So I think everybody wants to be surprised a little bit when a new record comes out, you know. So I like to do that, and and also I've mentioned this many times before. I get very bored with myself, so I have to step it up every time too. And as mm. you know, you know, with with records like Blue Bolero, which was very different, it was a very cinematic experience with orchestra. Don't Talk Dance was a very sort of um, kind of acid jazz, chill out dance experience. And um, and on this new one, I wanted to really step it up with my jazz guitar playing because I felt like I hadn't really hadn't really done that before. I mean, you know, I, I've played a lot of guitar on my records, of course, but I've always concentrated mostly on song uh, on songwriting, composition, and arranging. And whatever the song was would take on the flavor of how I would play. Whereas in this particular instance, I wanted to, I wanted to write music as a vehicle for me to step up my playing. Certainly in sections, not in, entirely all the way through. But I also wanted to make it very accessible to people. So I didn't want it to be horribly self-indulgent and, you know, like a fusion record that uh, only five people would listen to. So that was my <laughs> challenge on this record. I wanted to really, really step it up, but I wanted to make it very, very listenable at the same time. And I think I've done that. Okay. Now, you are playing a guitar called the Bambino Archtop? That's right. On this release, how different? How, how does this sound different from your other con- guitars? Actually, it's, uh, it's just an updated model from uh, another Bambino guitar, which I've been playing for the last few years. But this one seems to be... It seems to sound and feel a little bit different. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just when I when I played this, I felt like it. I I could really step up my playing a little bit more. It felt like this was the guitar for me. I don't know. It spoke to me. Sometimes these questions are difficult to answer because they're not really answerable. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just feels right so you play it. Okay. Okay. All right. Now um, I looked. I watched the video for Ready Steady Flow. Right. And uh, featuring uh, a model, her name is Shasta Wonder. Um, That's right. And she's dancing in the nude. That She sure, sure is. How did you get her to do that? I didn't. Um, my director, it was kind of his idea. I, I actually was a little bit reluctant to have a model in in a video at all because I'd done it so much. And uh, this director I was working with, I hadn't done a music video with him before. And we, what we really wanted to do was kind of um, go for a very James Bond kind of uh, video. So if you if you remember all the beginnings, especially in the early like early seventies James Bond uh, movies, right at the beginning there would ha- there would be all these silhouettes of these beautiful women. And of course they'd be naked because in order to get that silhouette, you kind of have to be. Mm-hmm. And so what we, what we wanted to do was actually somehow replicate that. So we weren't really, more, we weren't particularly interested to feature a model naked, but we wanted to use the silhouette so we could um, create this very sexy video. So anyway, one thing led to another, and because she was a nude model, this is what she did every day. I mean, it was it was I, I was probably a little bit more uncomfortable with her being naked than she was, frankly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, because it was totally natural to her, you know, it's it it, 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 it the whole day went very very easy, and um, we did we did use those silhouettes, but we also used a couple of naughty shots as well. Wow. Well, you're right. It is a very sexy video. And I have to say that she is in silhouette and she is shadowed, so to speak. So you don't see anything, but it's very nicely done. It's a really nice video. Thank you. Thank you. Um, You know, like 99% of of people who've seen it love it. They think it's very tasteful. And, um, you know, they've, they've watched it many times. And there's 
like 0.5% of people are kind of upset by the whole thing. And I don't really know why they are, because I think it is quite tastefully done. And trust me, there's way more prov- provocative music videos than this that you'll ever see. Oh, so yeah. I think this was, yeah, I think this was quite tame. But, you know, you, the, the, the problem is you can't please everybody. Every, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it's not just that situation with a music video. Every time I come out with a record, I'm going to get people loving it and people who are disappointed. You just, you just cannot keep everybody happy. So at the end of the day, I've got to make a decision and, and run with it and expect that some people are going to love it, some people aren't, you know. Oh, well, that's too bad. But yeah, like I said, but it's a it's a very nice video, and you can see it on Chris's website, chrisstanring.com. So definitely check that out. Uh, let me welcome Bernie Fox and Westbound. We have a guest in the chat room. Welcome, um, Bernie Fox says a big hello to Chris. Hey, and, Bernie, uh, how are you, man? And yes, Bernie, you can listen to the interview later. Um, there will be a link on my Talking Smooth Jazz page that you can click on to listen to. Um, and you can also listen, come back to blogtalkradio.com and listen to it, and then it will also be available on um, iTunes as well. So you can always go back and listen to the shows on demand. So thanks for tuning in. Now, now Chris, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, kind of piggybacking on the um, question and answer that you just gave, was the um, lesson in 2015 that you shared with uh, Pat Martino and how, how that influenced you on this record? Who am I talking to right now? I'm sorry, this is Mike. Mike, hi, how are you? Um, yes, I did. Last year I took a, a, a guitar lesson with Pat Martino, and who really has been one of my idols for many years. I mean, from the minute I heard him play, he sort of changed my life, rocked my world, if you will. And uh, so, so for years and years and years, I was listening to, to him quite obsessively. And last year I was flying to Philadelphia to do a show, and I thought, well, look, while I'm there, I know Pat lives there, so I, I would take a lesson with him. And so I did. Um, didn't sleep at all that night. It didn't seem to matter. <laughs> uh, and I went, I went to to his house in the morning and uh, had a, just a wonderful time. Just, just to be honest with you, what what changed everything for me was was not so much what he showed me. But who he was as a person and, and the fact that I'm looking at this guy who, who is everything that encompasses jazz. He, he's not pretending to be anything else. He knows who he is. Um, he he is, a, is a great artist and he knows exactly what he wants to do and what he wants to say. And that, that says so much to me because as an English guy coming from, from London, I spent many years kind of making excuses for being a jazz guy because it was so frowned upon. Um, you know, people were in the rock and roll world. These were the people getting all the gigs at the time, and I was obsessed with jazz. So for many, many years, I had these insecurities about who I who I felt I should be perceived to be or, you know, should I be in the pop world? Should I... So anyway, I went to see Pat, and that just completely changed for me. It's like all of a sudden I knew who I was. It's like, of course, everything's resonating. I am a jazz guy. It's, it's, that's really what I should be doing. I, 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 you know, he, here's, here's this hero of mine speaking at me saying, look, just do, do your thing, embrace it, and, and make this your thing. And I feel like um, maybe one of the reasons I made this record, uh, stepping up my playing, is really as a result of going to see Pat, I felt like I had permission to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, did you feel that the insecurities were coming from you or were they coming from other people um, Well, Terry, that is about your music? A br- it's a brilliant question because at the end of the day, they were probably their insecurities. Yes, because, uh, uh, you know, at the time, a lot of rock and roll people who weren't studying harmony? They, they, you know, they they didn't really know. Um, they weren't going down the path that I was. I, I, you know, I was down this obsessive path of information to learn harmony and arranging and composition. I, I was a sponge. I couldn't get enough of it. So, for for other people to, it's, you know, you're absolutely right. It's it's usually other people's insecurities when they're not going down a path. They're justifying their mediocrity. And um, 
but at the same time, it was it was non-inclusive for me because, especially London, it's sort of cliques where people will, you know, it's not like they will gang up, but I mean, like-minded people hang out with like-minded people, and there was me on this on this artist path, employing people to play with me, sort of. Um, yeah, and, and of course, when I when I eventually moved to LA, I was embraced wholeheartedly by the jazz community because there were none of those insecurities. Do you know what I mean? Everybody was mm-hmm. absolutely on the same path as I was. So I felt like I'd arrived home when I got here. But um, but you know, you bring baggage with you. So <laughs> I felt like you know, even after twenty odd years of being in LA, that little trip to go and see Pat was the final final psychological permission for me to be who I am you know it's very strange it's quite difficult to articulate I hope I'm making sense yeah and at any time during that time did you um, think about quitting the music business because of your and or other in others insecurities no I've never ever Mm -hmm. dreamed of quitting but I think you know we're all on a different path and sometimes we don't really know what path we're on I mean for instance when I first moved to LA I didn't come to LA expecting I would be an artist at all I came here because I was ambitious and I wanted to play with great players and play on people's records I didn't even know that those records would be mine I thought they might be other people other people's records to tour with great people and just ensconce myself in this in the entertainment capital of the world that was it so, of course, you know, another 10 years goes by and I'm going through all these changes and realizing that the more and more I, I do this thing, you know, it's heading towards being an artist. But then you've got to figure out who that is. You know, mm-hmm. am I a rock and roll artist? Am I incorporating, you know, elements of pop music? Am I a jazz guy? I mean, it, it just takes a long, long time to know exactly who you are. But that's mm-hmm. the path we're on and you can't really hurry it. You just have to go down it and do the best you can, you know. Mm, okay. Um, Westbound in the chat room has a couple of comments. Um, he says, yes, love you for saying this, Chris. It was their insecurities. Been there, done that. Hopefully going <laughs> where you already are one day. Um, awesome work over the years. Real consistency and innovation in the genre. Uh, that's great. Thank you, Westbound. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, I'm happy that you're where you are now. I mean, I've enjoyed your music over the years, and, yeah. um, you know, I think you do a great job with what you do. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, oh. I'm, uh, I, you know, I must say, if I look back at every record I've released, I'm very proud of every one. So mm-hmm. I think at the time, you know, even though you do the best you can, I think I think they've come out pretty good, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was first introduced to your music with the um, CD uh, Velvet. And everything, oh, yeah. and um, right. yeah, and you know, and since then, like Westbound mentioned, you know, you've been consistent because most of your albums you release like maybe every every two years seems like maybe every two two and a half years. Now, was that or is that ever been like a plan like that, or it just happens like that where you release CDs out so quickly? Because some guys, you know, they come out maybe every three to five years with a new CD, mm-hmm. but you've been really, really consistent in put, putting out CDs in now, and of course we have 10 out now, so was yeah. that always the plan for you, or that just it just happens when the music just comes to you and you just put it out there? Uh, no, I think uh, it's a good observation. Uh, when I was signed to record companies, I didn't quite have the luxury to make that decision uh, because mm-hmm. you're dealing with release schedules and conflicting uh you know, other artists on, on on a roster that may have priorities. So sometimes you just have to get in the line, you know. But the day I started my own record company was the day I could make my own release schedule decisions. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought that if releasing a record more than more than every two years is too much for me. It's too intense. It's too hard. Um, you know, I like to spend a year out touring, promoting a record, and then the following year recording it and then starting the process again. So it seems to work quite well. And I think two years is, an, is a good enough amount of time for people to, to want a new record. But I, but I think if you, if you do it more than that, I have found, I'm not saying I won't do it more than this, but right now I, it's just too much. But I think once a year, for instance, would be, would be too intense. And I think 
once every three years would be too long. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm you know I'm mm-hmm. not I'm no I'm no spring chicken. So while I'm able to record, <laughs> I need to keep mm-hmm. pumping them out every couple of years. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Westbound says, by the way, I think next to your guitar, I think I have a crush on that actor starring in Imagine That. Oh yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah, she, uh, Mariah, she's she's a good friend of mine. Um, she's quite lovely. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, let's listen to some music. What are we going to hear first? Sure. Uh, do I get to choose? Yes, sir. Uh, from the new record? Yes, sir. How about let's play a track called Like This, Like That. Okay, tell me about this. Well, this um, this is kind of a funky, up-tempo, feel-good track. It's got a little British acid jazz inspiration in there, and it's probably the flute that you hear right at the beginning. Oh, okay. All right, this is Like This, Like That.
from guitarist Chris Stanring's new release, 10, that is Like This, Like That. Who's playing the flute? You know, that's a sample. I don't know who originally played it, but it's uh, it's not anybody I brought into the studio to play. To, to play. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And who are the other artists playing with you on this 10, on the 10 release? On that track, uh, Rodney Lee is playing organ, and Sergio Gonzalez is playing drums, and uh, Andre Berry is playing bass. Mm, okay. All right. Okay. And um, then you, Westbound... you know the guitar player. Yes. <laughs> Westbound <laughs> has a comment and a question. Um, the comment yeah. is, that's what I meant by innovation. You bring the legacy with you and blend it seamlessly with the legacy that's in place where you live and work now. Awesome, Awesomeness, don't think another word could cut it. His question is, yeah. do you play the keyboard parts yourself as well? And if not, who does if you're comfortable sharing this? You know, I actually play most of the keyboards myself on this record, which is very strange because I'm not a great keyboard player. Um, but uh, when I, the, the way I seem to work is when I'm writing music, you know, obviously I'm the, I'm the keyboard player. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot, of, a lot of what ends up on the record are, are my original keyboard parts because that was the inspiration for the tune. Sometimes when I want something a little bit more technically uh, proficient, I will call somebody like I'll call Rodney Lee or Mitch, Mitchell Foreman or you know uh, whoever else it is. Um, but for the most part, on this record, uh, I liked what I played, which is astounding to me as well as it probably is to a lot of people. Okay. Rodney, Rodney. Uh, Ronald Jackson from the Smooth Jazz Ride did a review on 10, and he says, in part, smooth, funky, classy, gritty, edgy, and loaded with full-body grooves, guitarist Chris Stanring is back with 10. This cat has that work-it-from-the-bottom-up attitude that always has staying power. Turn him and a great composition loose together in a studio, and you're guaranteed to see sparks fly. I'm still very partial to Stanring's previous release, Don't Talk Dance, but this latest endeavor is still Stanring, blazing a trail all his own and always doing it with class. You can read the full review at the smoothjazzride.com. All right. Really nice. Well, he's very very fine. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. He's a good lad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, definitely. Do you have a question, Mike? Okay. So let's go to another mm-hmm. song. Uh, uh, Chris, who, what are we going to hear next? Well, if you want a, a slight change of pace, um, I wrote a song on this record called Carousel, which is a beautiful ballad. And um, I i mean, it may not be quite what you expect from me, but... Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's probably my favorite track on the album, to be honest. So this is called Carousel. Great. Thank you. 
That was Carousel from Chris Danring's new release, 10. So, Chris, you said that this this is a song that we might not have expected from you. But So when you write a song, how much focus do you put on your intended audience? Very little. <laughs> but, um, but, I, but I, that's not a slight on my audience. That, you know, I just think that... Uh, most of what I I write, my audience tends to like as well. well I think we have a, a similar interest, so it's not like I'm I'm not thinking of them. Um, sometimes I'll write something and I'll go, "Will people like this?" But if but okay. if I if I am really passionate about something, you know, I have learned that usually people get with it and they recognise the authenticity and honesty. So I, I usually don't worry too much. I'm I'm mostly concerned about whether I think it's good, you know. Okay. Cool. Okay. Now, 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 speaking on that too, because I work with a couple of artists, and sometimes artists they think about making records that will be radio friendly. Do you uh, yeah. go through that as well? No, no. I, I I'm uh, I'm constantly aware of having to promote a song to radio because you need a lead-off track to get people to to um, you know, understand that you've got a new record out and awareness and all that. But um, I, I don't, I don't think, I, I can't think that way anymore because okay. it gets you into trouble. And I have mm-hmm. watched people make records for radio, and I, that's how, that's I, I that's how I hear their music. I, I know that that's what they're doing, and mm-hmm. I, I think it just. It, it, it rears its ugly head. If you, I mean, you've just got to come from an authentic place and hope yeah. that um, you you do good work and, and people respond to it. Now, the other thing that I know that I can do, which is always something in my back pocket, is that if I have a if I have a song that I'm passionate about that I feel like it's not something radio will respond to, I can later do a rework of it or a remix of it, so radio might respond to it. But um, but but I'll usually make that judgment after I've done a record, and I'll do what I need to to make sure that radio does have something. But it, it generally, it's very little needs to be done. You know, I'm lucky yeah. that way. I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Um, I'm going. I want to play one more song, Chris, and then I want to talk to you about your book. Yeah. Okay. Why not? What are we gonna, What are we going to hear next? Well, why don't you choose? You, you, you play something that you particularly like, Miss Brentwood. Well, hmm, how about Parisian Blue? Tell me about this. Yeah, how about it? Parisian Blue? That is bluesy jazz piece uh, with a very modern feel. Um, but it's definitely in the jazz world. So uh, a lot of people who like straight-ahead jazz would get this track. Okay, and one question from Westbound. He says, speaking of remixes, do them yourself or recruit someone else. What's the best course of action for you? Well, um, that depends. It, it, it depends if I feel like I'm capable of it uh, and if I, or if I wanted a slightly different take on it. I mean, I have, I have had other people do remixes for me. I mean, one guy comes to mind, a guy called Matt Cooper, who um, is a, a British keyboard player. He, he's actually the musical director for a band called In- Incognito, who I know you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always been very, a bit of a fan of his, his uh, playing for a long, long time and his music musicality. And I asked him to do a remix for my song Oliver's Twist a few, few years ago for my Electric Wonderland album. And I knew he would come up with something really, really hit. And I didn't really want to do the remix. I felt like I'd done my thing on the record so I hired Matt to do it and he did a great job um, you know there's a couple of other people I would go to if I wanted to remix this too sometimes if I need to do a, a radio mix I know I know what people want so I'm fairly familiar with that world so I, I would definitely take a crack at it 
but but I mean sometimes I don't feel like it. <laughs> I want somebody else's spin on it, so I'll mm-hmm. I'll ask them. You know, so it's it really depends what the situation. Okay, great. Thank you for your questions, Westbound. Good questions. Thank you. All right, this is Parisian Blue. your book something in the stars why did you want to write a book ah boy what a great question why did i want to write a book um i think because the drive to do it was bigger than me and what i mean by that is uh, i got to a point where i i just had to do it and i couldn't not (laughs) sometimes okay Sometimes I I can become a little bit obsessive, so whatever I set my mind to gets done. You know what I mean? And that's all I can mm-hmm. think of until it until it's finished. Um, I 
I have very fond memories of when I was a child and my parents are getting older and I thought, why not document some history? And it wasn't interesting or necessary for me that anybody else read it apart from my immediate family members. So I thought, why not just write it before I forget it all? And there it is documented. And um, and once I finished it, uh, I had enough people who wanted to read it. So, and it's an ongoing thing. It's there forever. And I'm actually really glad I did it. Did it. I mean, you know, before I wrote it, I asked all these questions like, am I famous enough? You know, I mean, usually if you write a memoir, you're supposed to be pretty much a celebrity. And there's just little old me in the jazz world. And, and people said to me, look, don't worry about it. Just do it to do it. You know, everybody's writing memoirs these days. Um, just do it. So I took that on board and I got to work and I wrote it. And I'm very, very happy I did. I have to say, Chris, you have a very wicked sense of humor. Um, <laughs> would, you, would you please do me a favor and read yeah. first things first the um, <laughs> the Sky Mall uh, pair story, the Sky Mall yeah. magazine story? Are we sitting comfortably? Yes. Well, then I shall begin. <laughs> I'm flying from Cincinnati to LA, browsing through one of those Sky Mall magazines. As I leaf through, I come across an ad for a male dummy called Norman, a six-foot-two-inch blow-up guy clad in leather and baseball hat, looking quite menacingly unshaven. I imagine women drivers over 70 years of age feeling more comfortable with Norman in the car, safe in the knowledge that their purses won't be snatched or hubcaps removed. Norman intrigued me. I had to have him, if only to be able to use the carpool lane any time I wanted. So I... So I hand over my credit card, and within a few days, Norman arrives at my house. I go right to work, placing him in the passenger seat next to me with his seatbelt on. Next thing you know, we're tearing up the Interstate 5 in the carpool lane doing 105 miles per hour. I'm chatting to Norman, thinking, what a truly great idea. Suddenly, I see lights behind me getting closer and closer. Damn, I say, while zigzagging across the cars to pull over. Don't worry, Norman, it's just a speeding ticket. We'll be up and away again in no time. I park the car and wind the window down. Good evening, sir, says the policeman. Hello, officer. You do realize you were traveling close to the speed of light a few moments ago. Yes, I do. I'm sorry I'm a, just a little late for a meeting. Just then, as he starts writing out my ticket, he looks over at Norman, presumably noting his stillness. And him, what's his story? Oh, hey, that's Norman. I just picked him up from the airport. He he just flew in from Australia, been traveling for days, jet lagged, you know the deal, don't even, I mean, you know, I wouldn't even try to talk to him, he's, you know, out. Well, <laughs> make sure you make sure you keep within the speed limits, sir, you could cause a serious accident, especially at this time of night. Yes, thank you, officer, I will definitely drive more carefully. I start the engine up and drive off, and with a pleased expression all over my face, I dart back in the carpool lane. There we are, Norman, I told you we'd be back on the road in a jiffy. Ah! Just then I noticed Norman's head rotate 90 degrees. He turns to me and looks, then leans over, smiling, and I feel it's tapping on my shoulder. Sir, would you like some lunch? We have beef or chicken. What? Oh, yes, I guess chicken. And can I get a glass of wine with that? Yes, of course, the flight attendant behind me will take care of you. Thank you, I mutter, fumbling to pull down my seat back tray. I pick up my Skymore magazine, folded away, looking forward to a civilized meal. Oh my gosh! I read that. I, I when I got to the point where Norman turned his head ninety degrees, I just died. <laughs> That's why I wanted you to read that. That's, that is too funny. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's uh, that's what you get when you spend all the time traveling in, in airplanes. You've got way too much time to think about the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> great story. You're a great storyteller. That was awesome. Thank you. That was awesome. Yes, yes. All right, so where are you performing next? Well, I'm going to be in Atlanta next week uh, at Sweet Lounge next Thursday evening, and I'm doing mm-hmm. it as a doubleheader with my good friend Paul Brown. Okay. And um, we've actually got we've got lots of gigs this year. Um, I've got some with Paul and mostly on my own. Uh, I'm going to St. Lucia. Uh, I'm going to Birmingham, Alabama. I'm going to Nashville, um, San Diego. Got some things in Orange County. A couple of gigs locally. Got a record release party on April the 7th here in L.A. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the best thing to do is if anybody, anybody wants to come and see me live is go to my website, 
chrisstanding.com and um, yeah, come and see where I'm playing. Come come check us out. That'd be great. Okay, now speaking of St. Lucia, there is a contest to win a trip there. That's right. Yes. All right, so you can win a five-night all-inclusive trip to St. Lucia um, and see Chris play on May 6th. And to enter, you just go to jazzfm.com slash mm-hmm. win slash win a holiday St. Lucia. And, um, that's right. Check and that out. Yeah, that's awesome. And it, it, and well, I need a vacation, life. too. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, jump in. It's, uh, you're, you know, you'll, you'll be going to paradise. I have been there before, and it's absolutely lovely. So uh, I do encourage people to jump jump in and, I mean, you know, it's a competition. There's not much you need to do. And who knows? You could be out in St. Lucia, too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will post that link on my Facebook page for anyone that wants to enter. Mike, you can click on that link and enter. And um, it's a five-night, all-inclusive trip. So that's awesome. All right. Mm -hmm. And it's at the Windjammer Beach Resort. That's right. Yeah. Stay there. Check out Mr. Mr. Stanring. All right, Chris. Any other questions, Mike? No, no other questions for Chris. Like I said, uh, just the fact that, you know, Chris is a, a good artist. Uh, you know, I've been following his music for quite some time, so everybody go out and support, you know, the new music. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll get to see Chris uh, at a live performance sometime on the East Coast. That will be yes. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're still, we're still booking up shows for the year, so uh, I hope to be doing more shows on the East Coast. I'm... You know, unfortunately, most of the contemporary jazz concerts seem to be on the West Coast for most artists, mm-hmm. you know. But um, uh, I would like to get on the East Coast and play a bit, a little bit more. I think it's time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I missed you last year. You came to uh, North Carolina last year for the uh, QC Summerfest, and I was there with an the artist that I work with, and uh, I missed you that that uh, you did the lunch brunch for the uh, That's QC right. Summerfest. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I missed it in. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm going to be in Charlotte again this year. Um, oh, okay, cool. Can't, I can't remember the exact date. I'm doing one of the festivals there. But again, it's on my website. If anybody wants to come, come check me out. All right, that was my next question to let everyone, or rather comment, to let everyone know where they can find you on the web. Yes, com. I'm also a feverish Facebooker. So come and see me there too. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find him on Twitter at Chris Stanring and Instagram at Chris Stanring the number one. So follow him That's there it. as well. All right, Chris. Well, thank you again for giving us another opportunity. And I must say, are you still sporting the beard? You know, I, I it's it's not with me right now, but okay. uh, I get lazy, and from time to time it does come back. Um, but I haven't decided to keep it. But if I have enough people complaining that I can <laughs> throw it back, I may. <laughs> well, I have to say it looks mighty good on, on you on this uh, tin cover. A lot of people have said to me it looks very George Michael, which is okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> Definitely looks good on you, though. Looks good on you. So. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you oh, again, sorry. Chris. It's been a pleasure. Mine. All yeah, right. It's been pleasure's all mine. We'll we'll speak again soon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Have a yeah. good day. Thanks, you guys. See ya. Have Thanks. a great one, Chris. All right. Bye bye. Guitarist Chris Stanring's brand new release is called Ten. You'll find it on his website, chrisstanring.com. It's also on Amazon, along with his book called um, Something in the Stars. I'm going to make sure I get the right name here. Something in the Stars is the name of his book. You can also find that on Amazon. Highly recommend you pick that one up. Wicked sense of humor. He has such a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right, Mike, what's going on in your area? Uh, nothing much, Trey. Uh, this upcoming Wednesday, you know, my, my good buddy David P. Stevens will be performing at uh, Blues Alley this uh, this Wednesday night, and uh, we just added um, Deborah Bond. She's a D.C. vocalist from um, from from here in D.C. Um, very very well known, um, you know, a neo soul artist. So she'll be performing with Dave on Wednesday as well. And then I'm um, looking forward to the Brooks Jazz Fest coming up 
Uh, that's going to be starting with uh, April 1st through the 10th, I think that is. So Dave's going to be up there performing on the, that that Friday night. So I'll be up there for that weekend hanging out with the guys and everything. Um, just, just you know, and of course, everybody that knows the festival season knows that Burks kicks off the festival season because it's the first festival of the uh, year. So um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's going to be a good um, good festival season. So, yeah. All right. I'm checking to see if Jazz in the Park um, have announced their lineup yet. They, st- I've been checking every day, and they st- nope, they still have not announced the lineup. So I'm waiting on that. And Aliante, if you have any plans on visiting Las Vegas this summer, um, Aliante Hotel and Casino has some really nice concerts coming up. The Sax Pack is going to be here April 2nd. And then we have um, Richard Elliott, May 21st, Mindy Bear and the Bone Shakers on June 11th. And then there's the Jazz Under the Stars concert series. This is by The Pool. On April 28th, Michael Lincoln. And May 26th, Lynn Roundtree. June 30th, Vincent Ngala. July 28th, really, uh, Willie Bradley. I'm really looking forward to seeing him. It'll be his first time performing um, at Aliante. So I'm looking forward to that. August 25th, Matt Marshak. And September 29th, Alex Bunyong. So these concerts are, yeah, they're happening at the Aliante Hotel and Casino. For tickets and more information, you can go to aliantegaming.com, and it's spelled A-L-I-A-N-T-E, gaming.com. And then you uh, click on entertainment, and all of that information will come up. So a lot of good concerts coming up here in Vegas, and as soon as I get the, the as soon as they announce the lineup for Jazz in the Park series, I will post that. Those are always free concerts, so we're looking forward to those for sure. That's the best word right there, free. There you go, free, <laughs> free, free, free. That's right. That's right. All right. So um, I am going to go ahead and close the show and thank Westbound and the guests for joining us. Wes, again, thank you for all of your great questions. Um, yes. Love that. We need so we need you to come back on too, Wes, when you uh, release a new CD. So let us know when you drop something new, brother. Yes, definitely, yeah. definitely. All right, I will close the show with another song from the CD. Uh, I have time just to get maybe squeeze one more in. You've been listening to Talking Smooth Jazz with your host, the Jazz Queen. And Mike Reynolds. And we look forward to Talking Smooth Jazz with you again next time. This is Piece of Cake. Have a great day. Thank you.
thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Please visit our website, TalkingSmoothJazz.com and Mastermind-Entertainment.com. Join our Facebook fan and group pages and follow us on Twitter at Jazz underscore Queen and The Daily Grind. That's T-H-A Daily Grind.